Jose Salvador Alvarendo was his name. And all he would say, all I want for Christmas is to be saved. Probably not the way that you think. You see, he was lost at sea and had been lost at sea for a long, long time. My wife and I, uh, about a year and a half ago, we were traveling to New Mexico where my, my kids live. And uh, on the way, you know, there's only so much conversation you can have, and it's a long trip, so we started listening to books. And we listened to a book, it was called 438 Days. It was one of the most compelling, fascinating, riveting stories I've ever heard. So let me give, just kind of give you the backstory real quick. Jose was born in El Salvador, and he was kind of a rowdy guy. Got himself in a bit of trouble over there, uh, you know, had, had a little girl, just kind of bailed out of that responsibility. And one day he got into a bar fight, and it got, it got pretty bad, and he got chased out of there, and basically got chased out of El Salvador. Well, he was a com- commercial fisherman by trade, so he found himself in a place over in Mexico uh, called Costa Azul. And while he was over there, he, he became very well known for being a really, really good fisherman. Um, in fact, he became so good that he became a little overconfident in his skills. And so one day, there was a, um, a big swell, you know, heavy seas that were happening. And uh, the word was, don't go out. Uh, in fact, the guy, the owner of his boat said, don't go out. But uh, ha- have you ever had somebody tell you, you know, don't do that? And you're like, no, got this thing. You ever, well, that, that, was, that was Jose. He's like, no, I, I got this thing. I've been out in bigger seas than this, so we're going to do this. And so even his own fishing partner said, I'm not going to go out with you. And so at the last moment, he found another guy who uh, was a, a rookie, really, as a fisherman, and said, will you go with me? So this guy, you know, he, he goes out with him. And, and they go out, and they're doing fantastic, man. They're catching all kinds of fish, heavy seas, whatever. It's going great. And then that swell of all swells comes in. And the next thing they know, they're, they're, they're battling the sea, and uh, at some point, the boat gets flipped over, and they lose not only the fish, but they lose a lot of their equipment. They finally upright it, and they got a little bit of an engine going still, and so they're putt-putting around. They're about 50 or 60 miles out to sea. And uh, they're thinking, well, we're, you know, we'll, we'll make it back tomorrow, or somehow we're going to make it back, but they didn't make it back. And they got pushed out further and further, and then they lost the engine, and they, they, they just drifted day after day. And two Christmases would go by. Four months into this uh, adventure, if you want to call it that, it really, really was more of a disaster, uh, the guy that went out with him actually died. He was trying to hang on, and eventually he, he dies. And so, um, you know, six days later, he pushes him overboard. And now Jose finds himself completely alone, about as alone as a person can be. Out in the ocean, he has no idea where he is. He's, he's literally drifting hundreds, and later on, he'd be drifting thousands of miles out with nobody in sight, feeling about as abandoned, as alone as a person can feel. I, have, you ever, have you ever felt that way? Maybe not you weren't out in the ocean, but maybe you were in a relationship and your heart was broken. Or, or, or maybe you were midway through a career and everything just went sideways. Have you ever, have you ever just had that, that feeling of being alone? and looking for a Savior, because Christmas is really, it's all about a Savior. It's, it's about us saying, you know what, I need more than what I've got in this life. You know, I, I, you know, all of us, at some point in time, we come to the end of ourselves, and we realize, even though I might be gifted, even like Jose says, man, I got this thing, we realize we don't have this thing. And it's at that point we realize that, that we need a Savior. And what I want to convince you of this morning, if you're not already convinced is that you need a Savior. 
All of us need a Savior. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how talented you are, how good-looking you are, how amazing you are. You need, and we all need, at some point, you may not feel it today, but you're going to need a Savior. That brings us to this story, the story of, of Jesus, the, savior of his entry, the, the story of his entry into this world. In, in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 through 23, it says that this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him, and this is so beautiful. I want you just to get this in your heart, in your mind right now. They will call him Emmanuel, which means, everybody say it together, what? God with us. It means God with us. And I, I know a lot of times that, that people have kind of a, uh, maybe sort of an intellectual belief about God, or kind of like, I, I believe, if, as a matter of fact, it was interesting, let's go back out to the ocean for a second and catch Jose. He believed in God even before he went out. He actually was raised up in a family, and he had a praying mother and a praying father, and he believed in God, but he really wasn't serving God. He wasn't really, really connecting to God. But boy, did he need God when he was out there. And there are those times in our life. And to really know that God was with him, later on, somewhere out there in that ocean, he would begin to realize that God really was with him. It took a little while. I hope that as you're here this evening that you realize that God is with you. Even if you're not with him, even if you're running from him, God is with you. So let's just get into the manger. Like, What's so amazing about this story that every Christmas, hundreds and thousands and millions and even billions of people circle around this story about the manger? What's so special about it, the baby? For unto us a child is born. This is, the prophet would say this 750 years before it ever took place. Isaiah would say this. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A child is born. I, uh, I particularly like this picture right here, depiction Joseph and Mary. And they look like they're kind of exhausted right there. And there's, there, there's Jesus. And they, even at that point, they can't comprehend all, all that this, this, this really means. But John would say this. We call this the, the incarnation, that the word became flesh and blood, and I love the way it says it in the message translation, and moved into the neighborhood. That's so powerful because it's not just that uh, Jesus was born into this world, into a manger, and we all kind of get that story. It's that God said, you know what, it's time to get involved on a personal level. It's time to get my hands dirty. You know, I've, I've been doing everything that I could. It didn't work out so well in the Old Testament with the children of Israel. We, 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 you know, we, we sent help. Uh, they weren't too receptive to it. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to send my son into the world to get personally involved in this thing. And he comes in the form of a baby. And he becomes one of us. He takes on flesh and blood, moves into the neighborhood. Wouldn't it have been cool to live in the same neighborhood that Jesus lived in? I would have loved to see Jesus as a teenager. I think that would have been a really, really cool time to see him in his life. You know, later on, he grows up, and he's described as one of the many titles that he has. Is he's called the high priest. And the author of Hebrews says this of it. He says, well, we do not have a high priest, and speaking of Jesus who was unable to empathize with our weakness. Well, why could he? How was he able to empathize with our weakness? Because he he became one of us. He took on flesh and blood. He became 100% human. And have you ever been going through a really tough time in your life, and you look up and you go, you don't get this. You don't understand. You could not be more wrong. 
Jesus does understand. You've been rejected? <laughs> Jesus got rejected every day. Had bad things said about you? Hello? Jesus had that happen all the time. All the way to the crucifixion. So yeah, yeah. He could relate to us. And that's one of the things that should really help us in our time of need when we're going through a struggle. Anytime we're like, yeah, you don't get it. Catch yourself in that. Go, wait a second. You actually do. And he actually does. And then it says a son is given. Now, the son refers to, in fact, Jesus referred to himself often as, uh, as the son of man. Now, we say the son of God because the Bible in the New Testament says he was the son of God, and he was. But Jesus, in third person, often says to him, of himself, he goes, I'm, I'm the son of man. I love that he does that because it really speaks of his humility. That he said, basically, what he's saying, he says, I'm one of you, the son of man. However, I'm also, I have divinity, I am God. This is the profound mystery that theologians have debated forever. He was 100% human, and yet he was 100% God in the flesh. So much so that on occasions he could say, you're forgiven, and you're forgiven. And of course, this drove the religious people crazy. They're going, you can't forgive people's sins. Only God can do that. Yeah. Yeah, because he was. He, he, he was. he was God. You know, getting back to Hosea out in the ocean again. Hosea's out there. Guess what? He's doing a whole lot of repenting. He's a, have you ever been there? You know, you're in a tough spot, and you're like, okay, God, maybe it's confession time. So Jose is out there, and he starts saying, man, God, I'm sorry. And there was a whole lot to confess. You've been living a pretty crazy lifestyle. And this is, this is beautiful, because one of the reasons that Jesus came into this world was to save us from our sins and from our things that we do that mess up our life. He can do that. And nothing feels better than knowing that God just erases whatever we did and says, okay, forgiven. It's, it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. And then it goes on, it says that the government will be on his shoulders. Now, I don't even want to get into politics right now. But here, here's the thing, you know, with all the crazy talk that's going on today, and I, I, sometimes I see people and they're absolutely losing their mind over politics. And, you know, it's all over social media and it's all over talk shows and things like that. And so as a Christ follower, here's, here's my advice. Just relax. Take a chill pill. It's going to be, I've lived through 12 presidents. I'm still here. I'm just fine. Okay? Now, having said that, here's what you need to know. There will never, ever, ever be utopia this side of Christ's return. And the Bible tells us that. And if you think that there will be, then i got a bridge I want to sell you. And some ludicrous place. Because people have been trying since the beginning of time to create utopia and nobody's even come close, not even a little bit close. Today we look around and we see wars and rumors of wars and all the craziness. And every time somebody says it's utopia, they turn out to be a dictator and do evil things. And so we know how that all plays out. But, but look how it ultimately plays out here. In Philippians, and this is the good news right here. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it says, Therefore God exalted him, who's him? Jesus. To the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, one day, one day this is going to happen, that everybody will acknowledge him, like every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. 
And so if you're sick of our government, if you're sick of other governments, if you're sick of all that stuff that's going on, just know that one day King Jesus or President Jesus or whatever the leadership title he's going to have is, the Prince of Peace is going to come and he's going to say, you know what, I'm taking over. No more corruption, no more crazy stuff. It's all going to be good. And I, I take a lot of comfort in that. And I, and I hope that you, you do too. And then Wonderful Counselor. I uh, occasionally have people come up to me who need counseling, and I do the best that I can do. And then if it's beyond me, I have a couple of people that I refer them to, and they do the best that they can do. And there's some pretty good counsel out there, but there's no better counselor than what you're going to get from God, what you're going to get from, from, from Jesus. It says it this way, Jesus, as he made his way into this world, he goes, i got some good news to share with you. At the very beginning of his ministry, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And because he's anointed me to proclaim good news. How many of you are ready for good news? Don't you get tired of the bad news? It seems like it's the only news that makes the news, right? But he goes, I've got some good news for you. And he says, I'm going to start with the poor. And uh, you don't have to be materially poor. You can actually be poor in a lot of other ways. So if you're poor in any dimension, he goes, I've got good news for you. I'm, I'm here to help for you. And then freedom for the, for the, freedom for the prisoners. Have you ever felt that you were imprisoned maybe by your own lifestyle, imprisoned by some really bad choices that you made. I think probably all of us have been there in some way, shape, or form. And then he says, he sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoner and, and recovery of sight for the blind. Sometimes we just don't see right. To set the oppressed free. Ever been oppressed? Been there, done that? To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's all good. Wonderful counselor. Sometimes... We just get to a place in our life and we just get so confused and so discombobulated about what's going on and we need somebody. You know, the greatest counsel that I've ever got is actually from the Bible. That's why I read it every day, man. I love the Bible. I love God's word. And if you're here today and you're like a lot of people that I talk to and like, ah, I just don't get the Bible, just keep reading. It'll start to make sense to you. God will make it clear to you. And then it says, mighty God and everlasting Father. You know, one day, uh, Jesus was out on a boat, kind of like Jose, only he had his disciples with him. And uh, things got really rough, kind of like they did with Jose. And in fact, they got so rough that the disciples said, you know, they came running to Jesus and they said, man, we are going to drown. What are you doing? And he was actually sleeping. So let's read what it says. He got up and so he just rebukes the wind. He says to the waves, be quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And, and he said to his disciples, what are you so afraid of? You have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, that's, he's mighty God. He can handle whatever, whatever is going on in your life, however big it is, whether it's on the physical level, emotional, relational, uh, financial, whatever it is, he can handle it. But the question is, will you allow him to be the savior in your life so that he can handle it? Or will you just keep on trying to fix your own life and fix your own life and stress yourself out? There's a savior out there that really wants to help you in every category of your life. Jesus said this. He says, do not believe in me unless I do the works of my father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe in me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am the Father. In other words, he was saying, I'm God. 
I'm God, and I have the power to do this. Finally, and I love this title, and he's, Jesus has so many titles. He says, I am the Prince of Peace. Isn't it interesting that this time of the year, everybody's talking peace, and there's so little peace? Really, I mean, I mean, the last several weeks, I've been talking to all of you and all these different messages, all I want for Christmas. And if you go to the, really to the essence of all of my messages, it's like, I know that you're all stressed out and you're not having peace right now. And, and we're trying to help you to have peace, right? And I think about all the households and I think about even what's going on, you know, today and tomorrow and people running all over the place and like, oh, I just want some peace, I just want some calm. And Jesus said, I am the prince of peace. It's a special kind of peace. Jesus actually said it this way when he was speaking to his disciples one time, therefore speaking to all of us who are his disciples and followers of him. He said it this way. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. All right, But it's a different kind. Of, it's not like, hey, peace, man. It's not like the kind of peace that we sometimes think of where like when all the circumstances line up and I got enough money in the bank and all my relationships are good and my kids are behaving themselves and they're getting A's and you know, all those things line up. We go, I'm feeling pretty good about life right now. It's not that kind of peace. He says, not as the world, because that's, that's the kind of peace that we all kind of want, and, and we think that that's what will give us peace. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He gives us uh, the, the, the peace, we would call it shalom peace. It's the highest kind of peace you could have. Paul would say it's the peace that is, transcends understanding, actually transcends like we're going through hard times, and God goes, gotcha, I'm your Savior, remember? You're covered. And you, can, and you and I, as followers of Christ and followers of Jesus, can say, oh, yeah, okay, okay, I'm just going to roll over and go to sleep. Okay, I guess my kid's going to be okay. He's driving me a little bit crazy, but you got this thing. And believe me, been there, done that, right? Raised several kids. It's the kind of thing where you go, well, financially, I don't know where this is all going. And God says, I got you there too. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, he's got you covered. And so today, maybe, maybe everything can change for you by making one simple decision if you've not made that decision yet. And that is this. Will you allow Christ, who came into this world, took on human flesh as a baby, grew up, became a man, died on a cross for your sins and for mine, was resurrected, on a rescue mission to save us from ourselves, would you be willing to open your heart and your life to him and say, okay, I'm tired of trying to save myself. It's, I mean, it's absolutely exhausting. And I'd like to have a savior. By the way, Jose did come to terms with Jesus as his savior and serves Christ today. Um, says he never wants to go back to the ocean, but he serves Christ today, as, as you can imagine. Uh, end of that story is that 438 days later, he ended up in a little tip of the Marshall Islands and has the most remarkable story. You can check it out, uh, his book and all, you know, CNN and all kinds of stuff. That brings us back to the fact that he needed a savior and so do you. So would you just bow your heads with me for a moment? If you're here today, and maybe you're just kind of adrift. You're, you're like, Jose, you're out there and you don't know where you are and you're just drifting all around and you're trying to make sense of your life and so far... You keep having to jump in and try to save yourself. And maybe you're pretty good. Maybe you're pretty smart, talented, but you're getting kind of tired. And if you can look to the future, you realize you're going to have to keep doing this. And you realize there's somebody out there that really, really wants to get involved. In fact, he came in this world and got very involved so he could help you. He died for you. He loves you. 
He wants to be with you, God with us, every day. And he will be with you every day if you'll allow him to. Invite him into your heart. And it really comes down to that all-important decision. Will you embrace Jesus Christ to be your Savior? That's what he came for, your Savior, to save you from yourself, from your sins, and from a life of just trying to save yourself. He'd like to do that for you. And if that's you, and if that's the decision you'd like to make, I want to invite you right now to accept him. And so, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I'm going to have a closing prayer for you. Just a closing prayer. Okay. All right, anybody else? All right. Okay. Looking out there the best I can under these lights. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you got personally involved, that you sent your son into this world and all the messiness of it. You saw that we were adrift and just needed help. We just, as much as we try to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, we just keep messing it up. And you knew that. So you came to save us. You came to help us. You came to be with us. And so for these individuals that have made this decision, and perhaps others that are sitting there right now and saying, I don't know, but you'd help them to make that decision today. It'll change everything. I pray that right now that you would, in their heart, reveal yourself to them. Show them how much you love them and how much you care for them. Show them that as they embrace a whole new year, 2019, that life will never be the same. And they can say, thank God for that. Now I've got help. Now I've got a Savior. Now I'll never be alone because God is with me. And I pray that you'd give these individuals that have responded to you the courage to live out this life. The courage to take that next step, whatever that looks like, coming to church or or beginning to read the Bible or, or just reaching out so that we can help. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.